I think the leaders were thinking I was just kidding yesterday when I said, we're going to have I Want to Break Free as our altar call song. So. <laughs> I just wanted a mic so I could go, I want to break free. You know? I want to break free. <laughs> oh, that would be fun, isn't it? <laughs> Man, only if I could sing like that guy. Oh, gosh, what a great talent. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I know I want to break free. I can imagine the freedom that he would have wanted to experience. Maybe never got to experience. What a travesty. This was a very popular song when we, were, when we were growing up. When I was just a little girl, not, not me. <laughs> I assure you, I was not a little girl. <laughs> when I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. you probably Sam and Jacob and all you probably don't know that song that's that's fine and then the second verse goes I asked my sweetheart what lies ahead will we have rainbows day after day here's what my sweetheart said okay that's good then now I have children of my own they asked their mother what will I be will I be handsome will I be rich I tell them tenderly. <laughs> Amen. Do you see what do you see what happens from one person that is handed that lie is handed on to the next and handed on to the next to generations upon generation case sera sera whatever will be will be. The future is not ours to see, Kesara, Sarah. That's a fatalist. The word of the Lord says it so clearly. I alone know the plans for you. They are plans with an expected end. They are plans with a hope and a future. Amen? I alone. So this is what God says. And he declares to a people who are in captivity in, in, in the book of Jeremiah. And he tells them that. Though you have been in captivity, when you seek me and when you seek me with all of your heart, you will surely find me. Imagine if they had been told, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future is not ours to see, just Sarah, Sarah. Imagine the people who are bound, bound in their minds, seeking for a breakthrough, seeking to be free. Amen? And so today... The title of my message is Break Out, Break Through, and Break Free, right? Now, that two opposing songs, one says, I want to break free. The other says, whatever it is. So it, it leaves, you know, the things that we sing, the things that we're exposed to has really left, left us... In a, in a state where it has damaged some of our mindset, some of our, the way we think, some of the way we, uh, we approach life in itself. And, 
And, and at times we, we wonder now, we're believers, why hasn't it changed when the word of the Lord says, now all things are new. Behold, all things are new. All things have passed away. And, and then we begin to realize that some things haven't. And God gives us this, this ability to make choices. And so what are the choices that, that, that we make? You know, last week, the key scripture. Sorry, uh, Ryan, do you have my PowerPoints up at all? Oh, you do? Oh, oh, oh gosh. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, last week, now, one of the verses, the, the key verse was, was from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Uh, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So one of the key aspects that I mentioned last week, if you remember, was access points. What are some access points? So as Christians, we need to take time to recognize where these access points, where these access points are, right, in our lives. Whom? Have we given authority to? What forces, I think it's the next slide, what, what forces uh, are at work in our lives? We must, we, must, we must exercise our personal responsibility and not give the devil any excess point into the areas of our mind, heart, and mouth. And I want to touch on just that first aspect of mind today. Heart and mouth will do it. We'll do it another time, but just today, we want to touch on this aspect. And, and, and one of the uh, key verses and a few verses that I want to go through so that you get it right at the start in case I don't get to finish this aspect. There are three key critical verses that I want to touch on today. One is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. And it says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything, there, there are things that are trying to, and here, you know what Paul is writing to, to a people, to, to, uh, uh, to the Corinthians who've, who've had this, this particular mindset, and he's going now, and he's, and he's wanting to, to now pull down these strongholds so that these strongholds will not remain in their lives. Human fallacies and understanding that they have begun to employ within their minds, you know, and, it, and, and this, 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 this so-called intellectualism. And, and he's trying to remind them that this, it's not carnal, but it is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are strongholds in our lives. Casting down imaginations, laying down my vain imaginations. Last week we sang that song, Lay, focusing my thoughts upon you, Lord. Meditating in your loving presence, not allowing fear in any in anymore. Not allowing fear in anymore. Capturing my wandering thoughts before you. Casting them before my Lord and King. Standing pure and holy in your presence. Looking through eyes that now are clean. These are the eyes that you have. The eyes that are clean. Because of the work, work of the Lord. And casting down every imagination. I mean, ask yourself, the imaginations that begin to fill you. You begin to think someone doesn't reply your text message and you begin to think, well, and you begin to read into that. Someone, uh, you know, you walk past and the person doesn't, doesn't say hi to you and you read into that, your imagination begins to go, begins to wonder, right? And 
you can come up with several other, uh, several other examples. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what does the word of the Lord say here? It's nothing but the knowledge of God that is going to set you and I free. The knowledge of God. What is your knowledge? What's our knowledge of God? What is our understanding of God? That, that, that aspect of really, really knowing him. Because, hey, the word of the Lord says this, right? You shall know the truth and what? Shall set you free. And the truth shall set you free. Say it with me. And the truth shall set you free. Say it. And the truth shall set me free. And the truth shall set me free. And you shall know, knowledge, know the truth. And the truth shall set me free. The second verse is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I want to try and go through really quickly because I've got a special speaker today that's going to come up and, and, and share with us right at the end some practical steps. So uh, this, is a, this is amazing. You know, some of us have Dr. Phil, but I've got someone else. I've got another doctor that I've called upon. Hallelujah. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Read it with me. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And of a sound mind. So God sets us up to succeed. Within, within, the, econ within the economy of this fallen world, he has come to restore us. Amen. So these and, and, and there are several other passages in, in scripture, they are like they are, they are like the necessary antibiotic, you know, the the, the the antibiotics that that you might need for particular viruses that may come in, right? Now imagine, for instance, you when you travel overseas, you get travel alerts, right? You know, for that particular country, when you when you go to that particular country, you get travel alerts. Uh, one of my one of my boys was saying, Dad, you know, they, he was going with his friends uh, to some of these Asian countries, and he said, oh, they're all going for this jab and that jab and this jab. And, and, and he says, I don't think we need to. We've gone several times. So he comes back from the trip, and he says, everyone else who took the jab got sick except him. <laughs> you know, because growing up, we fed him all the dirt and all the muck and everything, so he's got all of that inside. He's got all of that inside. But, you know, goods brought into Australia have to go through declaration. And some through a quarantine. Amen? A quarantine process. So in order to ensure that you are protected from particular viruses in that particular country you, that you are visiting, you advise to go and check with your GP, get the uh, whatever injections that you need to get to help you fight against what may potentially happen. What is potentially going to happen? So like winter comes, you go for a flu jab to protect, to protect you. In the same way, the Bible is full of scriptures that will help inoculate you and I. It immunizes you and I in that sense from the lies of the devil. Because the devil is just consistently speaking lies to you and I. Consistently dropping lies, dropping lies, dropping lies. You know, he, he, we, need, we need to build and develop an immune system that will protect us from from literally contracting AIDS. This is what it is. A, it's, why isn't the next slide going up? A, for addiction and anxiety. 
inferiority that protect us from that, from depression, from Satan himself. There are all of these things that we begin to embrace over time and, and over the years, it, it begins, to, begins to formulate certain thought patterns, right? So when you think, you build thoughts. The minute you start to think, you're already building certain thoughts. And, and these become physical substances in your brain. These thoughts, they become these physical aspects in your brain. And Proverbs 20, 23 verse 7 says this, as, a, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So whatever that you're thinking, you're causing, you're giving your brain permission to begin to build these physical, they become real, these substances, right? So l- l- let me give you an, an illustration. If I were to ask you to come up now and I say, uh, I've, I've, got, I've got $50 in one hand, and I've got nothing in the other. Do you want to try to, 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 uh, to probably pick which hand the $50 note would? How many of you would like to try that? If, if I had $50 here, okay, and, 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 and this, this there, there's nothing here. How many of you would like to try that? You, you would certainly want to try, right? Now, let me, give you another, let me give you another scenario. There are two doors. Right now. One of the doors that you, that you walk through, you'll find snakes and scorpions. And the, and the other door that you're going to be walking through would be the title deed to your dream home. How many of you would want to try to do that? How many here would want to try to do that, that you've got two doors, one door says that there are snakes and serpents, uh, not serpents, scorpions, right? Snakes, scorpions, and all of that, all those slithering stuff that can kill you. And maybe I'll throw in even a terrorist there that might actually really kill you, (laughs) right? And then you've got this other door that actually says, this is a title deed to your dream home. You don't even need to go to this lottery, this uh, royal gospel, not gospel, royal hospital thing. And you get to your dream home. How many here will want to? There is that impending fear. Maybe one or two who are bold enough who feel that, ah, it doesn't matter. I'll give up my life. It doesn't matter. If you get stung and if you die, that's okay. If you get stung and if you don't, then that's, oh, that's a, you don't even, you don't get your dream home, then you get stung and you don't even know where you're going to live then, you know. And, and, and you know that, that there is that fear there. Why? Because of this risk factor, because of a major risk. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, it says this, Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So what what does this passage of scripture tell us that that there is this door, there's the, 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 door, the door of life is given to us. Well, we need to, we need to, make, this, we need to make this choice. And so, so often, 
we walk through doors that bring about destruction that will kill us but if you know that it is as easy as that just to choose that you'll know what to do but here's a, here's this here's this here's this passage of scripture and so the enemy begins to see these patterns in our in our lives and 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 he begins to feed us with these thoughts that will draw us into these doors he draws us so and they come in many shapes and form you know when you've got the blues as such you know, you're feeling low and discouraged that's you you begin to build a certain thought pattern then when we are stressed or upset you begin to you build a certain thought pattern and you begin to b- believe and listen to the lies of the enemy and then like in our ehs we've learned emotionally healthy spirituality we learned that it is important to listen to your body as well because it gives you signals you may have certain discomforts etc and then you 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 know you don't you don't pay heed to that and you begin to listen to these lies and it begins to form so thoughts can be either there are there are two there are two switches switch 1 and switch 2 switch 1 is this this aspect this 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 automatic element within us where we just react and it is actually of it it is good in some sense it it protects us right where you are generally not in control and it is triggered by certain aspects and then switch to this can be this deliberate aspect where where you begin to feed it and it gradually begins to grow this is your your you know your inner monologue that you have and when we pay attention to it now the inner monologue could be even this for that matter or that if i could only do this aspect i'd be really happy if i could sing like this person if i could do this if i could have that you know or i wish i could be more like kevin i wish i could be more like yana i wish i could be more like nandi or or, or i wish i could be more like christine hallelujah and so you know we wish like we could be like this person we wish we could be like that person and So if I could paraphrase Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 there are three aspects to this that I want to I want you to see on this next slide good thinking right now the verse says is today I've given you a choice between life and death between blessings and curses now I call on heaven and on earth to witness the choice you make and so it's so good thinking equals good choices which equals healthy thoughts am I right good thinking good choices healthy thoughts toxic thinking toxic choices gives you toxic thoughts wrong thinking brings about wrong actions that bring about wrong behavior right you know martin luther there's a famous quote by martin luther and he says this that you cannot keep birds flying over your head you cannot keep birds flying over your head but you can keep them from building a nest in your house in, in your in your hair rather so for those of us who don't have it praise god we uh, we're safe birds ain't going to build a nest in our hair but for all of you wonderful people you know you face the danger of these birds just coming and so 
If you don't want that to happen, you know what to do. All of you shave your heads and come back bald next week. So that's, that's, where, you get your, that's, that's where you get your freedom. Do you, do you understand that, that aspect of there are certain things that we cannot do away with. We, 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 can't, we can't stop certain things, but we can determine what comes into us. We can determine what we receive, what we, ex- what we accept, and what we do about it. You know, in my, at, at, at home, we've got a lot of undesirable tenants in our house. Not, not, I don't mean our kids, okay? Um, these, because of the peak of, 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 of our roof, there are these little cavities that these birds will come. And they come, they fly right in, and they build their nest there. And before it, we've got so many tenants. And they are a real pain because they scratch the roof line and you're here. And, and that happens to us where there are these excess points in life. And, 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 and things come into our home. And they begin to build their home, their nest inside of us. And they scratch at things that just annoy us. And brings us to this place where we feel this depravity. We feel, uh, we don't feel like as if he's a good, good father. We sing the song, break every chain. And yet, you know, there are ropes around us. You know, and and, it, and that, that continues. So we want to look at this aspect today and see how we can begin to break these things even, 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 within our, even within our lives. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not allow these things, particular things, to, to shape and shape and shape. And you know how it begins to mold, how the mold begins to, to work. Certain, it, it begins to, it, 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 pressure is put towards it and it forms this element until... It takes the shape of the, of, of the thing that is, is just out there, that is the, the pressure that is out there that forms you and I. And so we, we, we begin to become and we begin to look like that and we feel like that. So with our amazing minds, we understand the truth set down in our spirit, right? If we are not to conform. Now our spirit, for instance, here have four different aspects that I want to state. Our spirit, so as it comes into our mind, we begin to understand these truths that are set, that are set down within us. Our spirit then becomes the architect. It shapes it. And the design begins to happen in our spirit world, within our spirit realm. Then our minds begin to capture that design and wire these truths into our brain. So let me say that again. It happens, this, the, the, the Holy Spirit is like the architect. There is this, he's, the, he's that, that amazing architect and he begins to design this. So in the spirit, you begin to see that. You see that in the spirit, right? You grab that. So your mind begins to picture that and, and, and potentially, and, and then informs, your, informs your, 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 your brain in a sense, in a sense which, is then part, which is part of your body. So it is with our minds that we begin to change the physical reality of the brain to reflect our choices. Let me repeat that. It is with our minds that we begin to change 
So when we look back at this passage of scripture that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through, through, through God in the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination. Imaginations that fill our minds. So how do we then get rid of this? We've got to realize that it is not just through the physical realm. It is realizing that God has given us certain weapons and tools to begin to pull these, these strongholds down. Now, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she says this. Let me, I want, I want to read a, 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 probably part of a paragraph of what, what she writes in her book. And she says this. It was only a few decades ago that scientists, including those who trained me, considered the brain to be fixed and hardwired. Fixed and hardwired your, our brain a while ago. This view now saw damaged brain as incurable. They believed brain damage was hopeless and untreatable. Whether the effects were from stroke, cardiovascular event, traumatic brain injury, learning disabilities, traumas, PTSD, OCD, depression, anxiety, even aging. All of these causes and conditions were seen as largely irreversible. Science is just catching up with the word of God. Science is just catching up with the word of God. It's, and it's confirming this reality in a tangible and, and thought-provoking way with, with eminently clear accounts arising from expanding, from the expanding field of neuroplasticity research. So what does this say? Neuroplasticity, by definition, means the brain is malleable and adaptable. Our brain, malleable and it is adaptable. Changing moment by moment of every day. So then now scientists are finally beginning to see that the brain as having, hear this, renewable characteristics, as of Romans chapter 2, chapter 12, verse 2. And renew your mind. The word of the Lord says, by the renewing of your mind. So the fact that, that the brain is plastic can actually now be changed by the mind gives tangible hope to everyone. Autistic children cope in academic social environments. Senior citizens sharpen their memories to the point in their 80s they change careers and obtain degrees. And obtain degrees. Young men and women who grew up in abject poverty and a lifestyle of selling and taking drugs in addiction, do a complete about-face in their lives. They go back to school. So testimony upon testimony. Right? Now, there are two. I want to leave you with this before I invite our special guests to come up and share some really practical steps on developing... Um, Developing, I'm not aging, definitely I'm not aging. Developing a healthy pathway. Developing a healthy pathway to, to your mind, that's right. How do you know that? Developing a healthy pathway to your mind, praise God. Hallelujah. And, and there are two mental strongholds that are most common to us. Thoughts of inferiority and thoughts of condemnation. 
thoughts of inferiority are this. You're not good enough, not talented enough, not good looking enough, not as smart enough. You'll not make it in life. You're worthless, etc. These are thoughts that fill our minds and we feel inferior, right? And then thoughts of condemnation. You're not pleasing to God, not spiritual enough, etc., etc., etc. Now, these thoughts will never let us break into the life that God wants us to live. Now, our God... Our breakthroughs, our God wants to give us breakthroughs. So our breakthroughs will be so inconsistent and they'll be too few because of these two lies, these thoughts of inferiority and, and, and thoughts of condemnation. You invite someone to come. Now, sometimes as, as you know, you may be a leader and you want to take someone, or you're maybe a teacher or someone, you know, that's influential and you want me. No, I, I'm not worthy enough, you know, to go with you and, you know. You begin to feel all of that because these are lies. These are lies that the enemy begins to put into you and I. You, 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 you've got a major job opportunity that's coming your way and you look at it and you think you can and then you, know, you look at it and say, oh, I don't think I'm good enough for it. No. And then so you short circuit yourself. You know, and, and that happens to the best of us here. I'm sure. So many of us. It's It's happened. Cindy Jacobs says this, a stronghold is a mindset that now has been deemed impossible to break away from. That's what a stronghold is. So through these excess points, it comes in because your brain is plastic. It begins to form products in here. Substances are formed in here. You begin to believe. That forms your belief system. It then becomes a stronghold, right? So now, in dealing with these strongholds, we then compare our thoughts with what? Scripture. So how do you deal with this? You deal with it through, the, through comparing these thoughts with Scripture, right? Because the Bible says this in 2 Timothy chapter 13, verse 16. It says, all Scripture is breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So if you and I don't have a hunger nor a heart, to read the word, not to study the word. We will continue in this space of always being defeated and never entering into a space of destiny in God, total freedom in God. The things that he has in store for you and I, it begins with first having a love for scripture. And this year, we want to make that possible by introducing what we call discover Bible study. Discover the Bible with us. Such a simple format. So simple. For you to just discover that. You, yourself, will begin to discover. And live in the freedom, live in the truth of what the word of the Lord says. The second aspect is to proclaim truth over our lives. So how do we combat this stronghold? You proclaim truth over, over our lives. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. What does it say? Therefore, there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? And before I conclude, I'm going to invite Nandi, our special guest, Dr. Nandi. No, not yet. About to be Dr. Nandi. Please, let's invite Nandi to come up and she's going to share with us a couple of things. Sorry, not planning to be a doctor. I'm not going through that torment of trying to do a PhD. Okay. I'm going to do this very quickly. To, what Larry's done this morning is share a lot of great truth. But what I've discovered in, in my life is that the issue of how, 
How do I get it into my brain so that it actually stays there? That's what I want to do a little exercise with you more this morning to take what Larry said and actually help you work out where that sits. How do you get it in? So I want you to imagine, and this is not going to sound very spiritual at all, but I want you to imagine your brain is a bus, okay? Now, everything that you're feeling and thinking are passengers on your bus. So I want you just for a moment, scan what's going on in your bus. Who's in your bus? Okay. How full is your bus? Okay. <laughs> I know some days there's a lot of pushing to even get everybody to fit on the bus. It's just jam-packed with information and should be doing this, should be doing that, my to-do list. It's just running over. The bus is over full. Um, other days, the bus, everybody on the bus is fighting or everybody on the bus is shouting at me and telling me how useless I am and I'm not measuring up and then, I don't know, does any of you have buses like that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we know there's a lot going on in the bus and you can all sit there and you can scan and you can start noticing, oh my goodness, I'm thinking a lot of stuff all the time. Now, I've got a slide. Ryan, can you put that up? The content of what's on your bus, those passengers, are reliant on a number of different things. Because just like when a bus travels down certain routes, certain passengers get on, others get off, the same thing happens in your life, that certain situations that you're in, certain people you're talking with, certain conversations you're having, certain tasks you're involved in, um, certain not-so-nice activities that you might be involved in, ah, oh, certain passengers are getting on. So the first area that we've got to be very aware of is what are our situations? What do we surround ourselves with every day? What are we listening to all the time? Who are we talking to all the time? Because everything that you're surrounding you with is going to determine which passengers are coming onto your bus. And that happened from the moment that you were conceived. What little babies hear when they're in their mum's wombs. I was thinking of you, CJ, this morning going, oh, that baby is getting such a rush right now. <laughs> Just hearing the music and feeling the joy from the moment that you were conceived. Just imagine, okay? It happens right from the beginning. You're developing passengers on your bus all the time. So we've got to watch the situation. We've got to watch the routes that we're on. Now, the next one is focus. Now, focus, I want to address these two particular routes that are not good. And some of us are on them all the time. The one route is the route where we, the whole route is about what's not working. Everywhere we go, we spot the faults. In ourselves and in everybody else. Okay? Now, where we're, when we're on that route, we don't feel very happy. We're usually grumpy, we're stressed, because we're always in fix it, fix it, fix it mode. The other route is the route of looking at everything that I cannot control constantly focusing, oh, what if only this, if only that. But I can't do anything about it. So changing our focus, picking a different route and deliberately starting to go, hold on, I'm not going down this route today. Today, I'm only going to look at what's working. In every situation with every person that I talk to, 
and I'm going to affirm that in them. I'm going to affirm it in myself. Go, hey, you got that right. Hey, you managed to have this conversation. Hey, you managed to make your bed. Whatever it is, focus on what you got right. And the second route that's very useful is what is within my control? What can I do? The moment I start focusing on all the things I can do, oh my goodness, the passengers on my bus sound a lot more content. They're solution focused, they're coming up with ideas, and they feel a bit more hopeful. So we really got to watch our routes. Now, the problem is that there are some situations and some routes I cannot avoid. I might be married to them. I might be living with them. I might have them as my parents. I might be working for them. Who knows what the situation is, but some things are unavoidable and suddenly I've got passengers on my bus that are not sounding so nice. No matter how carefully I'm proud my roots, there are still passengers on my bus that don't always make me feel really good. What do I do with them? Now, the big question is, where am I? Am I the bus? Who wants to take a guess? Who do you think you are? Where in this whole picture are you? Where's the you that gets to call the shots? The driver! And you know what's really amazing about the analogy? The brain literally works like that. If you look at how the brain is, is positioned, the really clever part of your brain that's doing all the talking and the rational thinking sits right at the front, just like the driver. All the really annoying automatic stuff that you have very little control, that sits there at the back, okay? So you can literally imagine you're the driver and you're in control. And you can actually decide deliberately what you're gonna say, what you're not gonna say, and guess what? Who are you gonna listen to? We know they're talking but you don't have to listen, okay? So as the driver of the bus, you have a little bit of authority as to who sits where. So I always suggest to my clients, imagine the passengers that are helpful, encouraging, peaceful, you allow them to sit in the front rows. They're right behind you. You go, yep, yep, it's nice hearing from you. Everybody else, back seats. It's like the naughty kids that go and sit in the back anyway. You just make sure they go there. Or you get a double-decker bus and you let them sit in the top seats. <laughs> you know, they're right there. Yep, they're there. They're yapping away. But you don't have to listen to them. And I tell you, the enemy is one of those passengers. He's unbelievably sneaky. He just sneaks in with them. And he keeps stirring He's like a ringleader on your bus. He knows which passengers to sneak in with, and he just keeps stirring them. And if you learn not to listen to those passengers, eventually the fun goes out of it, and he goes and finds another bus. So when we look at thoughts, there's two things we can do with the actual thoughts in our head. Number one, we can challenge them. And number two, we can ignore them. We challenge them with the truth and with scripture. So as the bus driver, you can say, well, listen, people, I don't believe you because God says I'm loved. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not made perfectly. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So it's going to be messy, but it's going to be lovely. So you can speak truth over your bus and then you ignore the rest. 
And you turn around and you look forward and you drive your bus. You decide where you go. You don't invite the passengers to jump on your lap and start telling you where to drive. You drive your bus. You're in charge. Where do you drive your bus? You drive your bus where your values tell you. You drive your bus where your faith tells you. You start driving your bus based on your own deliberate choices. You do have that ability, provided you can just let them go to the back and just sit there and let them yap away. Now, the last thing I want to highlight is this body thing, because this is a thing that I've discovered we underestimate greatly. And that is that the state that our body is in, the health of the bus, unfortunately has a lot to do with how the, the state of those passengers are. So if you give them really comfy seats and they're all rested and they're getting great nutrition, they're usually going to be in a happy mood. But if they're tired and they're stressed and they're exhausted, they're more negative, they're louder, they're grumpy, they're cranky. So there's actually a lot that we need to do to take care of our physical well-being to make sure that our thinking processes are as healthy as possible. That can be another two, three hours yeah. conversation. So I'm not going to go into that, but I want you to be aware that if you're tired, if you're not sleeping enough, if you're not fit and healthy, you're always feeling lethargic, if your heart rate's sky high because you're stressed and feeling anxious, your automatic thoughts are going to run a riot in your head. So you want to be, have your driver in control, get that bus as healthy and well-rested and relaxed as possible. And I think that's enough from me. Thank you. That's awesome. Oh, gosh. Isn't that great? So as we, as we come to a close this, eve, uh, this afternoon... Um, what I want to probably uh, mention here is this, that there are two aspects. One is the automatic thoughts and the other is this, this, this deliberate, the, 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 deliberate, uh, the deliberate aspect, the automatic thought, which we may not have control. So how do we then now begin to manage that aspect? And, and as, as, we, as we close... There are these passages of scripture that I suppose uh, I'd like for us to take note of. It says in Ephesians again, Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. So how do we deal with this? Put on, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Today you've just heard, heard that. The enemy is out to want to try and, uh, and, and just, you know, push us by the wayside. Anything that he can do in order to get, off, get us off track, off alignment. Particularly when you're going through certain aspects and you find, when is this ever going to change? We then begin to embrace the lie that says, this is my thorn. This is, the, this is my lot in life. No. Don't receive that. Don't accept that. There's a difference between accepting that and being content. Paul says to be content. Now that's for another message entirely. 
So I'm not saying that we we become discontents. No. What I'm saying is, is don't accept a lie. Differentiate what the lie is. Begin to discern because God gives you. You need to know that you are capable enough to know what the lie is. Someone else that that travels with you can tell you and say, you know what? I really think that's a lie of the enemy. So when you open your heart out to someone, just like those that were on the road to Emmaus, they believed in a particular lie which they thought was the truth, and there was just hopelessness. Jesus came alongside, and they couldn't even realize that he was speaking truth until he came to a point where, as they had communion, as they broke bread, their eyes were open. So God will begin to open your eyes. I believe. Believe me, this year is open. He's going to open your eyes. Beyond a shadow of any doubt, you give him the chance because he's spoken to us. I want to recalibrate. I want to begin to readjust. I want to retune. I want to do all of that. God is saying that to us. So if you embrace the truth, there's going to be what we call an overflow, right? And the last verse is this: that. If you are struggling with temptation, speak over yourself. One Corinthians chapter ten verse thirteen. That there is no temptation. There is no. Why, why don't you turn with me? Turn with me to one. All of us, if we can turn to one Corinthians, because this is where <laughs> we get. Plastered by the enemy at times, we feel guilty and condemned, and then we find ourselves in a place where we think, "God, I don't want to." You know, I feel so condemned. I feel so guilty. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful that He will not lead you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, He will also provide for you a way out. Imagine that; He will provide for you. And if you are worried about your finances, look at Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen. He will meet all of your needs. Philippians four nineteen. So you speak this truth over your lives. That's the way we begin to combat. And you just heard that today. Nandi is a psychologist, so she works in this field quite a fair bit. That's why I thought it'd be great to get her to share some practical steps on how we can build health. We will email that slide. Uh, I hope that's okay, Nandi. We'll email that slide to the whole church, so you'll get that slide right on Tuesday or Wednesday. An email will be sent out to the whole church, and if you're on our mailing list, you'll get the slide. Look at it. Begin to engage, friends. Begin to engage in warfare. Only you can do it for yourself. You know, not not. It's it's not that someone else can do it. Uh, someone else can do it with you, but you got to want it. You got to do it first. You know, we were praying with uh, with, with a couple that uh, we went to Malta with, and uh, a couple of days ago, and as we were praying, we quoted this verse. You know, one can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. So there were four of us, and he said, you know, four of us can put a million. So I was wondering where did he get his maths from? You know, a million. And then he began to he explained, yeah, one a thousand. Two ten thousand, you add a zero, ten thousand. Three, you add a zero, it's hundred thousand. Four, you add another zero, it's a million. 
said, oh wow, that's true. Exponential. Exponential, so you get that and you begin to fight that. God wants to set you free. He wants, to, he wants you to break free today. So why don't you stand with us? Stand with us. Take a moment right now and begin to see the areas that you find you, you, you tend to. Just, just one area. I just want you to think of one area that you feel you so easily gravitate to, to this lie. This particular lie, and we'll end with this, this particular lie that you gravitate to. And you know, again, here God wants to set you free where you are. That space that we are creating for you is the space that He's going to come right now and He's going to break it for you. If you allow Him to do that, He will do that for you right now. That when you walk out of this place, you're going to sense a, a, a sense of freedom that's there and you begin to now feed that freedom, feed that freedom with this deliberate thinking. Not the accidental thinking, but with this deliberate thought of adding to it. Amen. So begin to think that we want to give you a moment right now.